You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. I come to site now. We're getting you ready for the 2021 NFL Draft. I've got my big board of top 100 prospects soon. Soon, we will have a seven-round mock draft. Still a lot of things in flux here before what goes down here in uh, 2021. Uh, and that's what we're going to look at now. We're going to set the table, continue to do that in our series of depth chart updates for you. We got through all the quarterbacks in the AFC and NFC. We do the same for running backs, AFC and NFC. We had to tell you about the Sam Darnold trade, so if you missed uh, our analysis of that, we got straight to the point, no-nonsense breakdown of how that affects the Jets and Panthers with our previous show. But we'll get back on track here looking at the AFC depth charts at wide receiver and tight end. So this sets up what teams look set with their weaponry there, what teams are going to be targeting some help in the draft. We want to just kind of assess also what they did in free agency to see uh, some of the moves and uh, how uh, they affect uh, the player itself as well as the existing players and uh, the quarterback there. So again, uh, in-depth breakdown here. We'll go through the AFC, so we'll go up through all 16 teams of the AFC today. We'll do the NFC, the same deal tomorrow, and we'll go in alphabetical order by city, as we always do when we do our uh, conference-specific uh, episodes. All right, let us uh, dive in here, shall we, to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Marquise Brown, Hollywood, still figures to be their number one. Now they've acquired uh, Sammy Watkins, and he had a good production history there with uh, Greg Roman, so... Maybe that history there, dating back to their Bills time together, will help Sammy Watkins kind of be a little bit more relevant. I think he's one of those guys we forced into fantasy football relevancy, but the numbers just haven't been there. Just wasn't a big factor with the Chiefs as uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill dominated there in the passing game. So Watkins just never could get on track as that uh, number two receiver. He had some moments and some big games, but nothing consistent there as a fantasy football asset. So... You wouldn't say that the Ravens are the best situation as they barely supported Marquise Brown as a wide receiver three, and it took a lot of second-half big-time production from him after he carped a little bit about not getting the ball enough. Greg Roman's offense a little bit stale down the stretch last year, so something they're going to watch this year. But you still have Miles Boykin. He's been a little bit disappointing. Not been uh, totally healthy there with uh, what he uh, could be doing. He's a big guy with some speed, but uh, that hasn't happened here uh, and manifested with the Ravens. So I don't see a big role for Sammy Watkins. He could be complimentary, but you do see some similarities. You have Brown and Boykin. I think he definitely displaces Boykin. He wasn't really on the fantasy football radar, radar at all, but Watkins may be a wide receiver for tops out of best here. Keep him Brian. Hollywood, uh, maybe a little bit of pressure off him to make plays. I'm just not hot on this passing game overall because they really are focused on Lamar Jackson getting the ball to Mark Andrews. So Andrews, remember, is kind of a wide receiver hybrid, and, and 
his own right. So this is very similar to Chiefs offense where you have a big play receiver in Brown. You have a, a big-time tight end in Andrews, and then Watkins will be the third, distant third, I think, target the mix, but definitely an upgrade in experience and uh, reliability over one Miles Boykin. And you also have Nick Boyle, an underrated receiver who can help at the second tight end. They really struggled a little bit without him last year. And don't forget, J.K. Dobbins is a very effective receiver out of the backfield as well. So pretty good situation for Lamar. It's a little bit better. They lost out on some bigger targets at receiver, but they settle here and they move on. Now let's uh, look at... Uh, the Buffalo Bills here and their situation. We know who their number one is. It is uh, Stefan Diggs. There was a change in their veteran number two, kind of similar styled players who can work inside, outside, give you a little bit of big play threat, but gotten a little older and maybe more of a possession guy is Emmanuel Sanders. So you have uh, John Brown out and uh, he was cut. They bring in Sanders to play off Stephon Diggs, but I still think Gabriel Davis could see a bigger role here on the outside as a young receiver. Cole Beasley still pretty much going to be their main slot guy, but they could be looking for a replacement for him. He's a little bit older here. Uh, but Davis seems like he has an opportunity to upgrade here. Remember, Sanders is up there, and he's had some mileage on him, so we'll watch that certainly for the Bills. You also have uh, Isaiah McKenzie back in the mix as kind of a gadget player so to speak as their fifth receiver so I really think at some point people might be focusing on Sanders uh, being more of the number two on the outside but I think you'll see more of Davis emerge here and that's why they were able to part ways with Brown I think lining up Davis a little bit more with Diggs on a regular basis and having Sanders as kind of swing man for Beasley and Davis makes a lot more sense here for the Bills so they don't have to necessarily go after a wide receiver, but I still think they might here in the draft for some depth. And uh, knowing that uh, Sanders is up there and so is Beasley, so it makes sense to uh, think about a versatile slot type here at some point in the 2021 NFL Draft. At tight end, uh, you have uh, still one uh, Dawson Knox. He could have a bigger role here. They moved uh, Tyler Croft, so that didn't quite work out. He didn't stay healthy. No other option for now is Eric Tomlinson. Dawson Knox, we know, can put it all together. Maybe, again, this moving of Brown from the offense will help uh, Knox and Gabriel Davis see a bigger role. And they also added uh, one uh, Hollister there, uh, Jacob Hollister, the twins uh, there that we've seen with the Patriots from the Seahawks. So Knox and Hollister, we'll see. Maybe it's more of a tight end by committee approach, but so far they haven't been so committed to Knox to see the plays happen, but maybe now that he's healthy and they've changed things up and uh, want a little bit more of a youth movement at wide receiver and tight end, you'll see that. Now let's uh, look at the Cincinnati Bengals here. Now, interesting uh, mix of wide receivers they have right now. I think this is a team screaming for some help. Uh, T. Higgins is your number one outside. Tyler Boyd is in the slot. Right now in their 11 personnel, Auden Tate would be your next receiver. You also have uh, uh, Mike Thomas there as another option. So certainly it screams for the Bengals to add another receiver to this mix here. Maybe as that second outside guy to play off Higgins. Maybe a big time, big size, speedy deep threat to put opposite Higgins with Boyd in the slot. That would be really nice for Joe Burrow, they said goodbye to John Ross, so that experiment is over as the first-round pick with the, with the speed and all that, so we'll watch that for sure. At a tight end uh, for the Bills, or, or sorry, for the Bengals, 
you have uh, that still that same combination you've seen at CJ Uzma. We'll see if uh, they trust in him a little bit. They could look for a replacement there, tight end. So Kyle Pitts should also be in play for them there. So again, uh, Drew Sample. Looking at him, he's more of a blocking tight end to me. So. I think you could definitely see an upgrade. Uzuma didn't stay healthy last year. He's getting a little older, and uh, there's some free agency around the corner for him as well. So we'll definitely watch that with the Cincinnati uh, Bengals. Again, maybe looking at an upgrade at both wide receiver and tight end of the draft. Now we go to the Browns. I think they'll add a receiver as well. You have Odell Beckham Jr. We know it's been an up-and-down thing for him. There that you look at... uh, with his time in Cleveland, uh, definitely a bit of a roller coaster. In some ways, Baker Mayfield seemed relieved and played with better without him. You had Jarvis Landry. But both these guys have some injury issues. They're getting a little older and expensive. So OBJ and Landry are your ones. I could see a bigger role for Rashad Higgins. You also have Cardero Hodge. And Donovan Peoples-Jones had some big plays there at times. So Peoples-Jones, uh, I think they have a lot of promise for him in this offense. Well, I see the Browns. Taking a wide receiver at some point, but not making that a high priority. In the draft, tight end, they're pretty much uh, set here. I mean, with their options, I mean, maybe a little bit superfluous here. David Njoku was unhappy with his role, but kind of uh, settled in and accepted he was part of this team. Austin Hooper is a clear number one. Harrison Bryant could to make Njoku expendable at some point for the Browns here. But I don't see any real big changes with the Browns, especially with the young tight end and a free agent splurge from last year in Hooper. The final team we'll talk about this segment is the uh, Denver Broncos. And uh, they, I think, are a team underrated to go after a receiver. I know they have uh, Cortland Sutton returning back from a knee injury. He'll be the outside. Jerry Judy, versatile uh, first-round pick, can go inside or outside. You also have Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, K.J. Hamler. So they have quite a bit of depth there, but I still think you look at the Tim Patrick spot, it's hit or miss a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think they're totally sold on Hamilton or Hamler in the middle of the field. So I think for depth and a flyer, the Broncos will add some receiving help, especially if they change up quarterback from Drew Locke and uh, try to get one secondary reliable weapon there that they can put on the outside. Ideally, I think they would like Sutton on the outside as the big play threat, the go-to guy, Jerry Judy, maybe the guy that goes inside-outside, can work him in the slot a lot in 11 personnel and find a little bit of an upgrade on the outside. So I think they'll take a flyer on a developmental receiver at some point. A tight end, I think they're pretty set here with no Fant and Albert Okunim. So you look at those two guys, uh, pretty solid young athletic targets there. So I don't think tight end is going to be a big deal here for the Broncos in the draft, and they're probably settled on what they have here in 2021. All right, so there looks at five teams in the AFC and their wide receiver and tight end depth charts. We will uh, get to the remaining 11 here in our final two segments, but I do have to remind you that Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. I love Bilt Bar. I mean, you get the white chocolate, you get the regular chocolate. It, they're all amazing flavors. Any style Bilt Bar will do. It is the ultimate protein bar. I just don't go to any other protein bar. I like the mix pack. I like all the styles of Bilt Bars. Simply take it where I need to go. I'll eat it at home before uh, taking a walk and uh, having exercise. I'll take it on the road for a good grab-and-go snack to get me through the day. And even take it on... Uh, trips here on the plane and 
in the car. It's a great uh, healthy snack, and it's going to power you through the day as well. Extremely healthy for you, and uh, it's just the best tasting protein bar. It is absolutely true. It's a protein bar that tastes like a dessert, and the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. There's six new flavors to add to the 12 original flavors. Those six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. All of them are soft and easy to chew. They're great for anyone who's health conscious, and you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat that literally tastes like a dessert. All the bars you get from Built Bar, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for anyone on a keto diet. Just take the flavor profile of their cookies and cream, one of their fantastic new flavors. They're all fantastic. 17 grams protein, 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Uh, and it's even better for you to get Built Bar now because you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15, and you'll get 15% off your next order there at BuiltBar.com. Once you go to Built Bar, you will not go back to any of the protein bar that's how good built bars are and uh get on it now save try them all you will not be disappointed we'll be right back here to uh break down uh six more teams and their wide receiver and tight end up charts here heading into the 2021 nfl draft from the afc all right let us look at the uh Next team here on our list, that would be the Houston Texans as we dive into the trio of teams, H-I-J, in the AFC South. Let's look at uh, their receiving core. We know Will Fuller's gone. He went to Miami, so he's not in the mix anymore. So, Brandon Cooks becomes your number one receiver. We know the quarterback situation. We're not going to talk about that because there's very tenuous there. Uh, so we could have a change of quarterback. All kinds of things could be in play here. But unfortunately, with that situation with Deshaun Watson, we don't want to presume anything either way. But uh, again, this is just laying out what they have at wide receiver. Brand Cooks is your number one. Randall Cobb returns in the slot. You have Kiki Kuti. And you have Isaiah Coulter. So Cooks, Kuti, Cobb, and Coulter all starting with CO. Very strange that this is their receiving core. But that's what you have here. For the Texans at wide receiver, again, Cooks was very productive last year coming over. I mean, he's always been productive. If you look back history with the Saints, with the Patriots, with the Rams, with the Texans, it doesn't matter. You put him in any situation, Cooks is going to get it done. He's not always the most exciting guy, but he's effective. And right now, in this current situation, uh, you also have uh, Chris Conley in the mix. So you have Cooks, Kuti, Cobb, Conley, and Coulter. That's ridiculous set of wide receivers here for the Texans uh, with very similar names. So it's, it's just a tongue twister waiting to happen there, but uh, Cook's clearly a standout here. Uh, again, a lot of these other names just don't inspire. Cobb and Conley have been around. You have QT and Coulter have had chances to be bigger deals in the past, but yeah, just uh, it's just a mixed bag here, but Cooks really stands out, and that could really help him dominate targets here, whoever's throwing passes to him here in 2021. At tight end, they moved on from uh, Jordan Thomas, so you have uh, Jordan Akins and Farrell Brown ahead of Ryan Izzo, so we haven't seen much out of the Texans tight end. It's been committee approach. Uh, we're not going to buy into it too much with the new coaching staff here that uh, we're going to see a bump up 
that much for the Texans and tight end, so that could be definitely a position of upgrade here as well as wide receiver in the uh, 2021 draft. Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. T.Y. Hilton is back here with the combination of uh, Michael Pittman Jr. You also have uh, Zach Paschal. He's in the mix, and you have Paris Campbell. So very similar uh, situation to last year. We know uh, Hilton was battling some injuries, wasn't too effective to later. Michael Pittman, when he had some moments, he flashed as a rookie. And you saw Pascal being somewhat serviceable there. And Paris Campbell, they like his speed and quickness, but he just couldn't stay healthy to contribute at all to the Colts last year. So not a bad mix of receiver. I think Carson Wentz is probably going to connect most with Pittman at some point because T.Y. Hilton slowing down a little bit. Still can be a deep threat, but Campbell could cut into that a little bit if healthy. You also have Pascal and Pittman. So I think that's where kind of Carson Wentz is being whispered. He's going to look at the two piece here, Pittman and Pascal, to help him a little bit more. But again, nothing to see here all that much. I still think the Colts should be in the market. We're going after another wide receiver after taking Pittman in the second round of last year's draft. A tight end, at least the, the Colts are a little less tight end heavy than they were last year, but Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox or your options uh, there for the Colts. So again, they could be the market there to replace Trey Burton. We'll see what they do in the draft. Now let's move on to the Jaguars. Uh, this uh, situation is rather interesting. They signed Marvin Jones uh, Jr. to put in the mix. So that puts him with LaVisca Cheneau and DJ Chark as uh, some guys in the mix here for... Uh, Trevor Lawrence, presumably, you still have Colin Johnson. He's the big target from Texas, who was a rookie last year. You have Philip Dorsett that they uh, picked up there. So changing up this receiving core, goodbye Keelan Cole, goodbye Chris Conley, goodbye D.D. Westbrook. So enter Marvin Jones and Philip Dorsett to help with this crew. But I figure right now what you're looking at is D.J. Chark is your number one. Marvin Jones is your complimentary veteran number two. And you look at... Uh, LaVisca Cheneau, I think he has great potential to be an excellent slot receiver. So Johnson and Dorsett rounding it out as depth targets. At tight end, I could also see the Jaguars upgrading quite a bit here. They didn't bring back Tyler Eifert. Their options here, best options here, Chris Manhurts, the former uh, Panther, and uh, James O'Shaughnessy is still hanging around here for the Jaguars. So certainly have some room to upgrade at tight end and wide receiver for Lawrence to uh, help him along here with his early part of uh, what we hope is a promising career. Let's look at the Chiefs, shall we? Uh, next, uh, we have uh, Tyreek Hill. We know he's the dominant number one here, playing off the stylings of Travis Kelsey. Now, who's with these guys? Uh, without uh, Sammy Watkins, they did bring back... Uh, Demarcus Robinson, but they have high hopes for Michael Hardman. We've been waiting for Michael Hardman to step up as that big-time third target behind Kelsey and Hill. This might be the year. They've been uh, hyping up him up already. So no Watkins. That's a big uh, guy to get out of there. It's not like Watkins was healthy and available most of the time anyway, but they seem committed to uh, really raising Hardman's profile a little bit more in this offense. And I think they need to. They need to get a third big playmaker, which they've lacked here behind Hill and Kelsey. Caught up to them in the Super Bowl where it was easy to take out him and Kelsey and no one else could step up. So you have Miko Hardman, you have Demarcus Robinson back on a short-term deal, Byron Pringles in the mix, and they've taken a flyer here on Antonio Callaway. We'll see how that works out. He's had some off-field issues. You also have uh, Blake Bell is your new backup tight end to Travis Kelsey. The Belldozer is in the mix. So 
Yeah, I still see a big change here, Kill and Kelsey dominating, but Harvin certainly has a big opportunity to do a little bit better in this offense in uh, 2021. We go to the Chiefs' uh, rivals in the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Henry Ruggs III and Hunter Renfro, but uh, they did uh, not re-sign Nelson Aguilar after a big year for them working with uh, Derek Carr. So now there are other receivers. Brian Edwards, I think that he could have a bigger role. He think he was going to be a big thing as a rookie, but good complement uh, with his size and strength to Ruggs' pure speed. So hopefully in 11 personnel, we'll get Renfro in the slot with Ruggs and, and Edwards working there consistently. He also added John Brown as some veteran help, and he added Willie Sneed there. John Brown and Willie Sneed are just guys to me. I think it's interesting that Sneed plays a slot, and John Brown is a little bit what Ruggs does there. So I see Brown more as a backup and insurance policy for Ruggs as the big field stretcher. And same thing with Sneed for Renfro. But I expect the 11 personnel to be pretty consistent with these three running receivers, Ruggs, Edwards, and Renfro for Derek Carr. And keep in mind that Darren Waller is really their top receiver overall at tight end. They still have uh, uh, Foster Morell behind him. Uh, no more Jason Witten. He is fully retired, uh, returned to the Cowboys and all that. So Really, how I look at it, the step chart in the receiving game, it's a lot of Waller, then we'll figure out. I think there's a big opportunity for Ruggs, Edwards, or Renfro to step up as that second busy target in the passing game for Derek Carr. And finally, in this segment, uh, one more team from the AFC West. So basically, we talked about three AFC South teams, three AFC West teams in this middle segment. Uh, that's how we always do it with uh, AFC depth charts. So let's look at uh, them. They've got... Uh, Keenan Allen is their number one. Mike Williams is on the verge here of, uh, I wouldn't say busting out, but uh, just not being a guy that uh, is having an extension of time, so to speak. So I think it's a make-or-break time for Mike Williams here in this offense as the number two receiver. you got uh, some young receivers that you like in uh, Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton. You have KJ Hill around here, so... I think the Chargers will be in the market for a potential big play uh, receiver there when they pick in the first round, if that's available. If not, they will get a wide receiver not too long, maybe as early as day two. At tight end, we know uh, Hunter Henry's gone. I think they're in the market for a tight end as well. Jared Cook was the signing, but I think he was a little bit of a makeshift answer there. You have Steven Anderson and uh, Donald Parham or your other options at at tight end. So big drop-off there. Cook is older. We know he faded with the Saints. He had... Some success early with the Raiders and Saints, but always the next year is a slowdown. So maybe he can have some immediate success if they don't go after a tight end, but I imagine they will here as well as a wide receiver in the draft as they continue to build things here for Justin Herbert. All right, that takes care of uh, another six teams. We still have to talk about five more from the AFC here in terms of wide receiver and tight end depth charts before the draft here. Before we close the show, but uh, I, I got to remind you uh, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Here, uh, we just. Uh, know that uh, college basketball is over. Now we're moving on uh, to NBA and NHL. A lot of uh, action there as well as uh, Major League Baseball. 
BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updates, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or your user mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code Locked On, and you'll get that 50% welcome bonus. Again, the promo code is Locked On. There, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We'll be right back here to close the show looking at uh, the final five AFC teams and their wide receiver tight end up charts so far for 2021. All right, uh, final segment here, and then we got to get through the Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Steelers, and Titans. We'll look at them here in a moment. It is April, and the Lockdown Info network of podcasts is shifting into draft mode, including us here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. April 19th through the 26th, tune into the Ultimate Bock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Bock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, we'll do our own version of a mock draft and fantasy football analysis there, projections and all that as we get closer as well. So look forward to that here as something to break down for you here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. All right, let's look at the Miami Dolphins here and what they have at uh, wide receiver. You got Devontae Parker as your number one. Will Fuller comes in, coming off the suspension. Uh, more injury issues there for the Texans. He's now their speedy deep threat, hopefully. To help uh, Tua Tagvola, you have Preston Williams maybe coming back from injury. You also have the very versatile Lynn Bowden. You have the very versatile Jakeem Grant. And you have the very versatile Albert Wilson as your other tight end option, or wide receiver options. So you look at uh, that, and it's not a bad array of receivers, but I really think the Dolphins now holding the number six overall pick in the draft could really look to upgrade, maybe go after one of those familiar receivers for Tagvola from... Alabama, whether it's uh, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle, One of those guys might be in the mix here. I don't think you can truly trust Fuller. Preston Williams hasn't been able to stay healthy. Parker's had his issue of durability. So I think the Dolphins really, again, keeping two attack level in mind, must look the Chargers or keeping Justin Herbert in mind, need to look at a wide receiver upgrade in some form here, and that really will trickle down and help the rest of these guys produce. Tight end, they look okay with Mike Gusecki and uh, Durham Smythe. They're in Adam Shaheen. So they had a pretty good production for their uh, position. Mike Gusecki got a little bit better here as the season wore on last year. So, again, Gusecki high hopes for with the new offensive coordinator, uh, new co-offensive coordinators, I should say, that this scheme for the Dolphins will be a little bit more tight end friendly. So he might be in a very nice position to produce as a tight end one here that we can rely upon uh, more consistently here in 2021. We know the Patriots probably are not done with their changeups at uh, wide receiver. You had Nikhil Harry and uh, Julian Edelman are the holdovers, but you had uh, Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers, Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders. Just trying to mix it up. So I still think they could look at an Edelman successor, a slot receiver potentially, that they could look at consistently. Bourne and Aguilar are pretty versatile in their route running, but Aguilar has been underrated as a big play threat. Bourne is a pretty good red zone threat. So certainly some things they could change there uh, at wide receiver. At tight end, I don't think you're going to see them go after a tight end anymore. They invested in two of the top tight ends in the market, uh, Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. So that's going to be the basis, I think, of their offense. They're two very good blockers as well, so they can give them versatile looks and sets where they can block. So 
I think Hunter Henry and, again, Jonu Smith are going to be the centerpieces of the offense. It's going to be a little bit piecemeal with the production. I think Jonu and Hunter being on the same team really kind of hurts each other's fantasy football value. But if they're in the centerpieces and they're within the top three targets on this team for Cam Newton, and we know Cam Newton has a good history with Greg Olson and tight ends, then these guys could both end up being tight end ones. And we've seen it before in the past with the Patriots making two tight ends work at a very high level in fantasy football. So I think they're done at tight end. There's no reason to invest more. These are two young guys where they paid a lot of money for for long term. But certainly we're going to look at uh, wide receiver again. It's a mixed bag. Do they really trust Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, Julian Edelman? After acquiring Bourne and Aguilar, Edelman getting a little older, more injury issues for him. Harry could just be an all-out bust here as a first-round pick from Arizona State. So, again, I think at least one receiver is coming to uh, New England to help there. Don't forget about Gunnar Ozolski, who's a very good uh, return man, and it can do some different things. But, again, one regular wide receiver who can uh, do a lot of things for the Patriots, uh, versatile in their own right, is going to be a pickup here. We talked a little bit about the Jets' wide receiver situation. It's definitely looking a lot different and better here for now Zach Wilson, as Sam Darnold will no longer enjoy these targets. You have Corey Davis. They splurge on him as the new number one on the outside, the former Titan. You have Keelan Cole, who's a big slot, who was productive at times for the Jaguars last year. He adds to Jamison Crowder, so you have a couple options there, versatility, if you spread the field here for Wilson, and maybe you'll see some more of those concepts here with the new offense coordinator, Michael Floor. So, you got Davis, you got Crowder, you got Cole. You also have Denzel Mims, a promising speedy deep threat from Baylor. They used a second-round pick there in 2020, so good selection there. The two tight ends are back that we know. We just want one of them to be healthy and productive here, and uh, Chris Herndon and uh, Ryan Griffin. So, again, the Jets really underrated a little bit in their uh, receiving core if all these guys can stay healthy and productive. They also uh, added... Uh, some help there in uh, Tyler Croft. So we'll see how it uh, goes with uh, this new uh, array of weapons. But Jets could be in the market to upgrade either position a little bit more. But I think running back after quarterback has to be the skill position of target here. As, uh, again, we look at uh, their weaknesses there. So, again, definitely uh, lining up a little bit well for a young quarterback to have a couple of slot options, a couple of tight ends, a little bit extra depth there, and Corey Davis who uh, has a big body as a number one on the outside. We look at the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they brought back Juju Smith-Schuster, a little bit of a surprise. He took a little bit of a discount to return there. You also have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool there, and James Washington. So nothing has changed there for Ben Roethlisberger. Same setup here with those receivers. They could look after a little bit of depth in the draft, but again, they're pretty set with some young receivers. They're uh, incorporating uh, their top four on the depth chart. At tight end, they could be in the market for a nice developmental young guy. Eric Ebron is their number one, but uh, you had uh, Vance McDonald retire. So Zach Gentry, the former Michigan tight end, he's their number two behind Ebron. So some of these Steelers could uh, look there more so than a wide receiver to upgrade in the draft. Finally, we'll look at the Tennessee Titans here. Uh, they've had to mix up some things. They lost Corey Davis to the Jets. So A.J. Brown clearly locked in as the dominant number one. You have Josh Reynolds, the former Ram. Right now, he'd be the number two. You have Cameron Batson. You've got uh, Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers, a fair pair of uh, former Colts here. Then you have Nick Westbrook-Kini as your other receiver. So they are pretty thin now all of a sudden without Davis. They also saw Adam Humphreys move on. There uh, released him, so 
Again, uh, who's going to be the number two and productive? We saw Davis have a pretty good season in fantasy as a wide receiver three behind A.J. Brown working as a wide receiver one. A lot to be determined there, so the Titans should be in the market there for a versatile receiver who can play outside, inside in uh, some fashion here. With Reynolds, we know he's just been a backup guy for the Rams. He's not necessarily a screaming guy as a uh, starting receiver that you would really trust in fantasy football, so we want to see an upgrade there. At a tight end, uh, they're definitely going to be in the market for some uh, help here. You have uh, just a mix of guys here. Anthony Ferkser, the Harvard product, he's number one. You have uh, Jeff Swaim, the former Cowboy, in there. You got uh, Jared Pinckney. So they could definitely upgrade here there for uh, tight end after losing Jonu Smith and free agents. A big blow. So Smith and Davis both leave. They've got to kind of replenish those positions here for Ryan Tannehill going forward. All right. So there you have it. There's a look at uh, the uh, wide receiver and tight end depth charts for all the AFC teams. Uh, so we'll uh, now turn our attention to the NFC. That'll be on uh, tomorrow's show. So. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We went straight to the point, uh, direct analysis here. And again, if you missed any of the depth chart analyses there of a quarterback, uh, running back there, AFC and FC, those shows are up as well. And you can catch up as well on our analysis of the Sam Darnold trade. But yeah, don't forget to tune in. Uh, we'll, we will have the NFC look a very similar way as today's show. This has been Vinny Iyer for Lockdown Fantasy Football. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.